Welcome back to Inside the Scoreboard. It's Jamal. And I'm Corey. Welcome back. All right, let's get straight to it. I know it's been uh, been probably like uh, probably like three weeks uh, since we recorded the episode, but as we all know, um, it's been a lot of movement, not necessarily movement, but a lot of uh, storylines to go over in the NFL and the NBA. Uh, we're going to jump off just to get into, uh, get into the Lakers. The Lakers have been struggling uh, so far. Technically, they're still in the playoffs. The playoffs start today, but they just haven't seen like the dominant Lakers that I think most people imagine it would be. Um, I think for uh, most fans, they knew it would be an adjustment as far as Russ joining LeBron and AD. And the kind of Russ and LeBron games do not complement each other that well. But it's still surprising to see them struggle like this. I know they don't have a full healthy roster and everything, but I'm gonna be honest, I am disappointed on how they're playing. And I just want uh what I just want to know, Corey, what do you think is the main problem with, with them right now? Well, definitely can say it's not LeBron James. I mean, once again, at the age he's at, still doing his part to uh get his team where he feels he needs to be. But they, like you said, there's definitely a serious problem on the Lakers. Most recently, I'm sure everyone's aware they lost last night on Christmas Day. Uh, 122 to 115 to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, of course, they were led by the Lakers. I would say right now, their biggest problem, they I, they have, I have two that come to mind. Their biggest problem is rushed and throwaway possessions as well as lack of defense. Uh, you, you, you can't waste this. You cannot waste this many possessions in the league. And I'm not trying to point all the blame to Russ. Um, but I think coming in, signing Russ, Lakers definitely uh, plan to be a little more reliant on him than, at, than, ha- than he's produced, if that makes sense. So, like last night, Russell went four for 20 from the field. That can't happen, man. I, I, like, it, it cannot happen. He ended with 13 points. And he also had 12 rebounds and 11 assists, which is a triple-double if you're, if you're thinking over there. Uh, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 13 points. But he missed 16 shots. You, you, you know what I mean? You shot 20% from the field. I, to me, if you're my main guy, I need more on the offensive end. So no, not that many wasted possessions. But what do you see? I'm, I know I'm picking apart one game, but what I see in that one game is what I've seen up until now. It's, I mean, and what you saw is, is what they have been the whole season, even with AD and Russ and LeBron all playing together. It's just mm-hmm. almost like a lack of defense, a lack of urgency. Uh, Russ hasn't really gotten the rhythm, and it could be, and he has to have some good games. I, and I don't like, so I don't want to bash Russ because I'm a fan of his game. But you can see out there with sometimes it sounds like he was just missing point blank layups last night. But his effort was there, which I can't, I can't knock him for that. I like the effort. He doesn't shy away from the moment. But it's sometimes it's like, bro, you got to start knocking down these shots, man. I mean, it's like brick after brick and miss after miss and it's like man come on Russ like tighten up bro like you you've been an MVP before you're an all-time great player like step it up man and uh, he's still in the, and, and I, what, 32 33 where he's in his prime still so why are you I know he's not what he used to be athletically but it's like come on uh, Russ you just uh, like what are you doing out there but it's it's a lot to do with age they don't have defenders um Stanley Johnson looked good for him last night, giving them a guy that can guard the primary uh, team's offensive guy. But they need more more, more uh, guys like that. That's going to lock in and play defense, man. It's not going to be afraid to hustle and fight. And that's what uh, 
and that's what Stanley Johnson does. You know, he's a um, hard-nosed defender. He'll scrap up, tries best, you know, to scrap up. Because, you know, it's, you can't really contain the James Harden, but he did a good job of, like, limiting what James Harden could do and gave effort in fighting over screens, which is they need that. They need more players like that and some more shot-making uh, around them. Absolutely. And I like what you said about Stanley Johnson. Um, shout out to the Lakers um, upstairs team to go and grab a guy like that uh, with, at this point in the season. Now, again, of course, not an offensive guru by any means. He went two for four last night, which it, to me is effective. He went two for four, had seven points, but played 27 minutes. The reason why he got those 27 minutes is because of his, the, his ability to be a two-way player. If he gives you 15, I'm happy. But one thing I know he's going to give me is effort on the defensive end. And like you said, Lakers absolutely need that at this point in the season. I want to see the Lakers go far. Uh, I, I want to see the Lakers do well, especially with guys like Melo. You know what I'm saying? Guys that we've seen coming yeah. up, man, that necessarily deserve a ring. We want to see them do well. Um, I also think it's important to talk about the bright spot uh, within the Lakers that I've been seeing be consistent. And you tell me if you disagree with this, especially with us being Sharkans, Hornets fans. Malik Monk has been balling out for the Lakers bench, man. Uh, he, he's been balling out. When you, anytime he's coming in off, he's coming in with the rhythm. And, and, I, and I also see where, and this may be with maturity, he's not forcing a bunch of shots as well. If he's in rhythm, he's going to go with, he's going to play within the team, within the offense, but he's pulling that trigger. Yeah, he's been there. I wonder a few bright spots this season. A guy that can come off the bench to get them, uh, give them good minutes on the offensive end and be a spark off the bench. You know, I think a lot of people, it was an underrated signing. And I don't think a lot of people who didn't pay attention to the Charlotte Hornets, of course, I mean, I don't blame them. Uh, but they didn't really know what Malik Monk was. I think we knew as, uh, as Hornets fans what he could do offensively. He can be that spark off the bench. It's just that he always didn't get consistent minutes. But, you know, when, when, he's, when he's on, he's on. And uh, I definitely like what I'm seeing out of him, being patient, taking what the defense gives him, and just being that guy off the bench that uh, just gets buckets, man. And then I will say another thing, thing about the Lakers, it seems like, and this is more of a LeBron thing, he's up there in age at what, he's about to be 37. Uh, his birthday is in December, I think late December. So he yeah. is about to be 37 years old, if I'm not, um, if, uh, if I'm correct. And he cannot be your best player on the team. I mean, as good as he is, you can see where that 35, five and eight, or 30, 10 and eight, shooting 50% from the field, and maybe 35% from three doesn't have the same impact like it used to. And that's not a knock on LeBron. It's just that, honestly, like, he's an older player. He can still stuff the stat sheet and produce and have a positive plus minus, but it just doesn't have that same impact. And he can't – this is not Cleveland or Miami LeBron. Like, he needs guys to – he needs effort guys. He needs guys that's going to be there every night. Now, LeBron can be your second best player. And I'm not saying he, he, he can't be your best player on the championship team, but at this in the season, LeBron should be able to cruise without having to put up uh, 35 a night and then still losing and possibly getting blown out by the San Antonio Spurs, which happened a few nights ago. So that's my thing with the Lakers. It could, it's really this age, bro, age, and they need some, they just need some guys who can go there and just play basketball the right way. I agree. I agree, especially with the Le LeBron. Like, cause again, the stats look great. The stats look great. I mean, he's doing forty. He did fororty minutes last night, man. Forty minutes ended up with thirty nine, fourteen for twenty five from the field, 
he's definitely still going to have a good plus minus. He's definitely going to have a good – he's still going to stuff the stat sheet. But like you said, he does need some help. And, I, and I'll credit them not <clears> – <throat> Not having Anthony Davis, of course, last night hurt them, but no KD. Though. I, I just no KD and no Kyrie on the other end, so it, it's kind of like what what are we talking about? You know, that's a game that you to me, I feel like you should you should win. Um, I think not to cut you off. I think that's the game where LeBron thought bringing in Russ a third star of ADs out. We have yeah. a good third star that can win a game, and it's just like it's not happening. I feel like. Possibly, and I don't, like I said, I don't want to bash Russ, but I feel like if you got a better fit star, maybe a lower quality of a star, um, kind of like a perennial all-star point guard, he can help you get that win. Almost like a player of, of a um, Chris Middleton, who's not thought of, of that same caliber of player as mm-hmm. a Russ, doesn't have that same cachet as an MVP, mm-hmm. but consistent and can bring it. Or maybe even like a Tobias Harris, like a guy that, you know, hey, I got me – like even with Embiid, he has that secondary player. Even though he's not a elite second guy, but Ty- Tobias Harris is um, he's pretty consistent sometimes. And maybe that's a I should let me just stick to the Chris Middleton example because Tobias Harris <laughs> he's he's all right. But no, nah, I, I feel like that's good. No, nah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just a second guy like- that that can beat her consistently, and that's what they need. And so I think that, that mega star, which they thought they was getting a rush that could get them a win. You know, even if LeBron and AD is out, Russ is going to keep us in the game. He gives us a chance, and I think that's what they thought when they uh, acquired him. When they got him. And I hate to say it, but we're starting to see glimpses of the the ghost of, of Christmas past with Russ. You know what I mean? Because my biggest thing, my biggest thing with Russ is the amount of shots that he puts up. I love the confidence. I love the effort. And it's so hard to criticize a guy who really does lead it out there every night to criticize him about the amount of shots that he's taking. But what he's doing within those shots, if you actually watching the game, not taking away from the stat sheet, is he's interrupting the Lakers' flow of offense. You know, fast break starts, Russ comes down, and Russ is liable to throw up a jump shot. It may go in, it may not, but maybe Russ should have swung the ball a, l- a little bit before he forced that shot. And I feel like that four for 20 from the field last night shows me that it was a lot of shots that other guys probably should have took. Russ probably wasn't taking the shots. Well, I can see, I saw the game. Wasn't taking all the shots within the offense. Sometimes he'd isolate himself just a little too much. And like you said, a guy like Chris Middleton coming in, he, he's going to do a much better job of decision-making offensive end. You are, Chris Middleton could go and have 10 points, but his team wins by 20 because that's just a guy who's playing within the offense, understanding that every night is not his night, you know? And, and again, not, not, too, not to criticize Russ too much, but that's the benefit of having a guy like Chris Middleton or even a Tobias Harris. They right. don't have to get their 20 Drew shots Holiday. up every night. Drew Holiday type players, you know? Yes, 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 yes. Play within the offense, still helping the team, still a tremendous guard, you know what I'm Still thought of of high regard just for different reasons. I feel like Russ is still too much of a stat sheet stuffer and it's like bro they they missed on so many and i don't want to uh make a whole uh podcast about the lakers but it's just still like they missed out on so many opportunities to get guys that ain't no people are saying oh they should have went out and got buddy hill maybe so maybe you know that's still buddy hill is still questionable with certain things can he uh rise and shine in certain moments you know and then you know you hear people uh now we'll say the you had a chance to get demar Derozan. Probably for cheaper for what you got rushed for, 
I would have liked DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan and LeBron are winning that game last night. They're winning the game. So you taking you I'm taking saying. DeMar DeRozan over Russ. Over Russ. If we are talking in the summer right now, this year did not happen. UGM, you got an opportunity to get either one. I'm, I'm, I'm taking DeMar. I felt like they should have got him anyway before that. I feel like they DeMar was that guy who doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hand all the time. Not he's just a true professional, bro. And he's a but he's a guy that can get to his shot. He has a spot. He He's like the Jimmy Butler type of guy. They have the mid-range. They can get to their buckets. They're going to get to their shot. They may not have the perfect three-point percentage or nothing like that, but they can go get a bucket for you. And yeah. I just feel like that's the type of guy they needed. You know, and some more pieces around there. You know what I'm saying? Not just DeMar, but, you know, maybe a, and your point guard didn't have to be the best point guard out there. But given the team with DeMar, LeBron, and AD, I, I like them. You know, I like them coming, coming out that west. But they just dropped the ball, I feel like, and – who knows if they can get a trade or what moves they should make. And, you know, hopefully they get it together because I would just like to see the storyline of the Lakers into the playoffs. I feel, I feel like they will, man. I'm confident in LeBron, uh, you know, kind of getting his team in the, in, the, in the right direction. Plus, once guys come back, they're healthy. And something that I do think the benefit, something that the Lakers could benefit on is playoff basketball. I know it sounds crazy, but they do have a lot of vets. They do have a lot of vets. Um, and they're and then playoff basketball. We always know possession slow down and slower game possession by possession. To me, LeBron can leave a stronger impact on the game. Yeah, most definitely. And that's right. I think the ball has to. And this is probably my last point on the Lakers, but that's when the ball has to move. I feel like I'm bashing Russ. I, I like Russ. I like Russ a lot. But that's when the ball on those the, the final five minutes where the game slows down, they have to be in LeBron's head, hands inside Russ. Russ needs to give you the Bruce Brown type of plays, which he does. Offensive rebounds. Get the once you get the offensive rebound, you can put it up or get it to the right man or just give it up. And I hate the and we we're talking about a future Hall of Famer, a guy, Mr. Triple Double, never thought that record would be broken or be done again. I hate to diminish his role that small, but until his shot is falling consistently or until his decision making can be consistent on the offensive end, he has to be put either come off the bench. As an energizer guy running that second unit, or you have to limit what he does. I agree. I agree. Russ will not get a ring unless he's either coming off the bench or it's another guy on the floor, which is to me is is LeBron in this situation. Is another guy on the floor who can dictate the pace, take him off the ball. He cannot be so strong ball. Uh, he can he cannot dominate the, the ball the ball. He just can't. The ball doesn't needs to get from his hands and get moving a little bit more than what's going on now. But like you said, we're not going to bash Russ. Not a bashing at all. Just probably would benefit the Lakers if, if some changes would happen. Yeah, most definitely. And now just to switch it up a little bit, uh, still sticking with the NBA, uh, it was about, when was it? Probably about almost a month ago where uh, a few veteran guys that still can produce um, throughout the season were out of the rotation, one being Blake Griffin. And the other one being Kimba Walker, I think it was more surprising that Kimba was taken out of rotation of an offensive struggling team. And he was benched and taken out of the rotation. It was a press conference that was mentioned that he would be out of the rotation until otherwise or until further notice. And if from Coach Tibbs is a defensive guy, but I just felt like he misread that whole situation. Your team is not the best offensively. And you're taking the shot creator out of the game. And um, as of recently, Kimba has, uh, due to uh, COVID uh, 
protocols and people being uh, teams being shorthanded, Kimmer has been back into the rotation and has balled out. He recently had a triple double, had another forty point game, and it's just been producing. And now a lot of people probably would blame or would credit Coach Tibbs for making that change and putting uh, a fire under Kimba, making him uh, being responsible for Kimba's uh, performance on the court. But I I just can't give him credit. I feel like um, COVID had something to do with it. He had no other options as far as point guards. And Kimba just pretty much uh, got back to his normal self. I agree. I mean, who, who, who the hell is Alec Burks? Who the hell is Alec Burks? No disrespect, Burks. We know who you are, but I'm saying in comparison to Kimba, I, I know he's I know he's almost Kimba of of old, but there's no way I'm putting Alec Burks starting over Kimba Walker for my struggling New York Knicks. Um, right, we're 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 an offensively struggled. We're struggling offensively as a team, and I'm gonna take um, Kimba, former All Star, out of the starting lineup and put in Alec Burks. And then um, the, I'm just not sure what you're doing, coach, but go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then the way they went about it, almost like you don't, you don't do a guy like that. A guy has been an all-star. You don't publicly come out and, you know, say that, you know, it, you just got to go about it a better yeah. way. And, you know, Kim was the type of guy where he'll take that on the chin, but I know that, I know he didn't like that, bro. I'm coming back to my hometown. And you're going to sit here and tell me that Alex Burks is a better option. Yeah, maybe a better option offensively. And yes, Burks can knock down some open jump shots. But, bro, he's not a point guard. He can't sit up other people, all right? Like, I get that D. Rose plays well, but Kimba is the best option for the team offensively. When your team is struggling offensively, you should not bench the one guy who can get buckets. And maybe he wasn't producing at a high level at the beginning of the season, but you still give it a try. It's not like Kimba is trash, bro. And I think he just, I think he just put Tibbs on notice recently. Like, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm like that, man. I mean, just, I, I, I think me and you both, uh, you know, off, off camera, we both were surprised at the move. I think instantly you may have suggested it, but other teams, offensively struggled teams, would happily take Kimba. I really don't know what Coach Tibbs was doing with that. Um, maybe, maybe he was trying to just, you know, start a fire under Kimba's, um, you know, under Kimba to kind of get him going. But like you said, with the COVID protocols recently and the amount of available players, he almost had to go back to Kimba. And yeah. Kimba, like, just pretty much just showed him, I should be in the starting lineup. What are we doing? Yeah, you had to go to him by default. That's really what it is. I don't want to hear nothing about no X's or O's or oh, God, Tiz made the right decision. Like, nah, bro, get out of here. I don't want to hear that. No credit to that, man. It's the same man who played Derrick Rose all the minutes in the playoff game. Uh, not saying that he's the reason for that injury, but I'm just saying when you're up in the, late in the playoff game, pull your star player, especially when the game's yeah. on. So Tibbs has always had some questionable calls, bro. He couldn't get it done in Minnesota when he had Andrew Wiggins, Butler, and Kari Thane Town. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not – Tibbs is cool. He's an old-school old coach, coach. You know what I'm saying? I give him credit for that. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, some of these old-school coaches kind of overplay their hand and get a little too overconfident in the decision-makers they make, you know. It's the reason why the Knicks yeah. got into the playoffs and got exposed. Julius Randle can't be your offensive creator. And you can't. And, and we knew that prior to the playoffs. Bro, everybody knew that, bro. And so I don't know what he was expecting, bro. And he didn't make no, no adjustments. So, like I said, I don't want to kind of, uh, I just don't want, I just don't want Tibbs to give credit for something he had no responsibility for. You know, we know what Kimber was, and I'm just happy to see Kimber back. Yeah. 
and uh definitely 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 um and then i mean i know you you mentioned another guy and i hate that kimba's even mentioned in the same discussion um you know when we're talking about something like this but a guy like blake griffin you know blake blake of old man he 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 lived on his athleticism a little late in the game he kind of developed the shot from the elbow a mid-range somewhat somewhat shot um, but definitely it doesn't deserve heavy minutes in the NBA right at this very moment. Um, so to hear of Kimba being mentioned with a guy like that, it just was disappointing. I felt like it just even even that comparison there as to how effective they they can both be on their perspective teams, I mean, on their respective teams, it, it, it was a big difference. It was a big difference. Um, but, yeah, what, what do you think about that? I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious, you know, Blake not, not getting heavy minutes. Did get some burn last night. I think he had about 12, 12 minutes last night for Brooklyn. I don't. He didn't even register a point. Yeah. But Blake is Blake is solid. He's not going to do like he's he's going to be limited in what he can do because they're not obviously they're not drawing plays from for him. So he just kind of has to do the pick and pop. He can he got to take what he can get. Whatever whatever crumbs left over on the offensive end, he has to take it. And but but it's a little different for him because he has a guy like um, James Johnson, uh, guys like. Um, James Johnson, who's more a sound defensively effort guy. Paul well, Millsap, another guy, just effort is always going to be there. And kind of has a similar game. Never, and Paul Millsap is what Blake Griffin wasn't. Games are kind of similar. Paul Millsap never had the athleticism of a Blake Griffin. So he's used to, he knows how to get his points and where to go. Doesn't have to rely on athleticism. You know what I'm saying? He's used to being Paul Millsap, not an under the realm guy, going to make the right play. And uh, you still got LaMarcus Aldridge, who has put up some decent numbers in some games. So it's a little bit of a different situation where you got veteran guys that are kind of in that same wheelhouse as you. And so it's like almost if you don't produce every night, you can get pulled out that rotation. So that's a little different. And that's on a winning team. You know, it's not on the struggling team where he got yanked out the um, rotation. It's a winning team. So you got to fight for you. That's a little – I think it's a little bit different. Um but you know, Blake can Blake can still produce a little bit though. Uh, was it any guy um, that you think is surprised um, that got got a, a hardship contract, ten day contract? Um, I know Isaiah Thomas got one, Lance Stevenson, Joe Johnson. Um, what is the other guy? Um, John the blank, uh, the three point shooter. He got picked up by Boston. Cannot think of his name. My goodness, what is this? Uh, uh. I cannot think of his name. His name comes to me I later. I can't think of him. But is there any, okay. any uh, surprise players that got picked up? Lance Stevenson, I think I mentioned him. Really? You did. You did mention him. Really, all of those guys, man, were really surprised. And I think my favorite my favorite surprise was the Isaiah Thomas. You know, um, I know with us being kind of somewhat uh, um, connected to the social media aspect of NBA and basketball across the world, uh, we're able to see some of those recent videos of Isaiah Thomas, uh, Isaiah um, IT in the gym, getting shots up and looking pretty good. And you can see supporting fans mentioning all ever since pretty much he hasn't been belonged to a team. IT needs to get picked up. IT needs to get picked up. IT needs to get picked up. So I just think it's kind of good knowing what he's been through as well uh, to see him get picked up by Lakers. Uh, from here, I definitely hope to see him do well. But definitely IT, my favorite guy to see get a 10-day contract. Uh, what about you, though? You named quite a few guys. Yeah, I too. That was that was nice to see. I don't think he's going to stay with the Lakers just because um, they got a lot of guys like Monk, uh, Kendra Nunn is going to be later, Russ, uh, THT, a lot of guard-heavy 
uh, team, Avery Bradley, Rondo. Uh, you know, it's real guard heavy there. Um, he put up some decent numbers. Uh, he was out the rotation recently. Um, so I don't know, but uh, definitely a good story. Hopefully he can land with somebody I would like to see. Uh, and the guy that I named, I uh, forgot, was CJ Mouse. He got picked up by the Celtics. That was that was a bit of a surprise. And it was more surprising that they, oh, yeah, yeah. they picked up uh, Joe Johnson. And Joe Johnson, uh, he actually got some, you know, some some burn out there. You know, he actually uh, did an old man game, uh, started off at the top of the key, and then got his, um, got to the free throw line and hit a fadeaway jumper. I mean, and it was uh, all all net. So it was it, that was kind of cool to see. You know, that was that was kind of dope to see yeah, Joe Johnson. Yeah. It was probably, and I hate to say, it, could have been the more younger player deserving of that ten day contract. Probably so. But they went with Joe Johnson, and I mean, I, I, I can't be mad at that. You know, I definitely can't be mad at that at all. No, and I really can't blame the team for going after a guy like Joe Johnson. Because if, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But damn, I mean, I, I, it's only a few guys over the age of 30 that I would even give a 10-day contract to. And then it's only a few guys, it's even fewer guys over the age of like 33 that I would even seriously consider signing to a team. And Joe is one of those guys that could go out here and with the right minutes could easily give you 20. And we wouldn't really be surprised. I'm like, oh yeah, he can still do it. And the crazy thing he about still do it. Uh, you know, a guy who I am surprised, a lot of people say uh, Jamal Crawford, I don't know if he wants to, you know, come back and play. He may not be, you know, he's he a guy that may not even want to come back um, for it. But a guy that I'm surprised is Michael Beasley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, lefty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm just surprised. You know, 6'9", can go left or right. Offensive package is there. <laughs> but I'm just surprised. You know, a lot of people are getting these 10-day contracts. And, you know, was, we saw Lance Stevenson get one. Alfonso McKinney just sent uh, his 10-day got turned into a, a year deal with Chicago. So you've just seen a lot of players, um, even some uh, guys that were undrafted coming out of college a few seasons ago get picked up. So it just surprised a guy like Michael Beasley, who's been in the NBA, has had some success. Um, but we all know, you know, he's looked at as a knucklehead almost. But it's just surprising for him not to get a 10-day contract out of all these uh, people going to the protocol. You would think a guy like Michael Beasley, would, um, would find, a team would, find, uh, would need him somewhere. And I think you really just said it. Um, and I'm I not necessarily mad at the team, but I feel like it's, it's, very, it's a very limited amount of risk that you want to take with these 10-day contracts. All those other guys that you named, we may not know, I guess, what type of guy we're going to get on the court, which is why they got the 10-day contract. But all those guys that you named, I'm confident it won't – it probably as, – as, as an owner, as a GM, as a president of player operations, I'm confident that those guys coming in aren't going to provide any distractions. And I, I think that's, that's probably why teams are steering somewhat away from Beasley. Uh, I'm not even I'm not even labeling him as a knucklehead, but like you said, the league, because of isolated incidents over the few years, he just hasn't been able to be consistent anywhere. Uh, so I, I feel like teams are kind of taking the hands hands off a little bit. The risk is not really worth worth the reward. You know what, Michael Beasley coming in, he probably wouldn't give you much minutes. Probably wouldn't give you much out there. We I like you know, but that's just me. That's just me. Somebody else may feel different. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy that can score. I was just like, I say, like, damn, I see everybody else getting uh, contracts. I'm like, Michael Beasley better than half of these guys are not the best option available. You know, it's just really depends on coaching. And, you know, once you get that stigma around you as a a guy that's not 
that's almost a knucklehead. I mean, this is just a stigma that they have put on you, you know, not necessarily a professional, even though I really haven't had any legit reports, but I feel like that stigma just gets thrown on certain guys like Lance Stevenson as well, uh, J.R. Right. Smith, you know, but uh, exactly. kind of switching up a little bit, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, got a, they got obliterated uh, on their West Coast road trip, got whooped by the Mavericks. Um, I know they were missing LaMelo at that moment, but they got in, uh, they got whooped by the, uh, we'll buy Dallas without Luca. Then they went to Portland, got whooped without CJ. Uh, went to Phoenix and got spanked, which wasn't too much of a surprise. Went to Utah, yeah. was getting spanked, came back in late in the fourth, took the one point lead. Still ended up getting beat. Um, they were, I mean, but they were down by 20, I think in the first quarter at one point or in the second half. And then they, uh, they finally, um, got together, were still down by like 20 something against um, the Denver Nuggets and managed to pull out a win. Thank, thankful that Ish Smith initiating the second unit unit and getting Terry Rozier involved, Jalen McDaniels, PJ. I mean, they really did their thing, that bitch unit, and pulled out that win. But I mean, it's getting to the point where our defense is, man, it's getting embarrassing, man. It's really getting embarrassing. And we did pull out a win against the Spurs in that road trip. So we, I think we went like two and four. Wins against San Antonio and wins against the Nuggets, but I mean, we should have been at least three and three on that road trip, especially when you threw that Dallas or Portland game. I felt like, but I don't know it's, it's to me the defense is embarrassing. I'm blaming coach and not having these guys prepared. Um, I don't know what are your thoughts on it, but how do you feel about the current state of the Hornets and mainly their deep, their defense? Well, I mean, I, I definitely agree somewhat with you. Definitely some coaching, some coaching there. Um, a little bit of upstairs as well. I don't think this is something that just became apparent. I think we've kind of been able to make it, or it hasn't been that uh, obvious up until this point this year because of how fast we get up and down the, the court. Usually on nights where the Hornets are doing well, we score a lot of fast break points. Um, so the offense kind of can overshadow the defense, but I feel like from an upstairs perspective, from a coaching perspective, this is a glaring era of issue that you've seen for longer than we have as fans. So I'm going to pass a little bit of the blame, um, but, but I feel like Hornets need a, a strong wing defender. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I think before I, I kind of saw that in the Martin twins. Um, but but now I'm, I'm not really so sure, especially when with COVID protocol, you don't really know who you're going to have uh, from, from day to day. Uh, so so it, I think it's even more crucial. It's even more important to make sure that you do have a, Strong defender, you know, just just a guy that you can that you can pull and use on a nightly basis. Uh, really, I would have loved to see a guy like Stanley Johnson get a ten day contract for the Hornets. Strong, big guard can guard one through three for for the most part. Can guard one through three, um, depending on who who the matchup is that night. But but you know what I mean. I feel like I feel like personnel does play a part in that. But what do you see? Uh, I just see, bro. I feel like we got the as far as. Defensive guys like Cody Martin is our main guy that comes in and play, guards the guy's best defender. Usually it's Miles Bridges, but it's either him or Miles Bridges, depending on who the guy is. But it's just getting to the point, man, where it's like, it's just getting embarrassing, man. It's like consistently, we got guys like Cody, we got Miles, we have Kelly Oubre, guys that are capable, athletic, strong enough yep. to stay in front of guys and be disciplined. Melo, he's a guy. 
um, that's getting better on defensive end, but he, he's good at anticipation on defensive end. Gordon is a guy who's um, not necessarily – he's going to be in the right spot. But it's, just, it's getting sad at this point where it's like y'all are not performing like y'all should on defensive end. I know this is not the early 2000s where everybody's just going to be locking up. But I would like a better effort on the defensive end, man. And it does come down to us not having a big man, I feel like. I feel like you can kind of overshoot your lanes when you have a um, guy that's going to uh, cover your butt at the rim. And I think a, a defensive big will help out a lot. I will say that. And somebody at the rim that can get those rebounds and start uh, – um, that way you can get the head start and fast break. No more second chance points for the office, uh, for the opposing team. But I think a big man will clean up a lot of that. And um, I just feel like they should, they need to go and get a big man on the defensive end. A lot of people are saying, you know, they should trade P.J. for Miles Turner. And let me just say this. P.J. does a lot that people uh, take for granted. I don't want to trade him for Miles Turner. Uh I would rather trade a guy like Gordon Haywood, who put up like, hey, bro, it was, he had like 37 minutes, bro, and he did not produce like he should have, bro, in, uh, in the last several games. But I really feel like a guy like Mouse Turner would help us out a lot. I just don't want to give up a guy like, a, a glue guy like PJ, who can knock down the three, create off the dribble, can guard uh, out there on the perimeter sometimes if needed. And like he did, he, he did a solid job against Jokic in the fourth quarter. And I cannot um, let that be un unnoticed, bro. Like he did a great job for a guy being six seven, being positioned, and he was he was almost like a Draymond Green out there guarding Jokic at the end of the fourth quarter. So I would like to keep PJ, but we definitely need a defensive big man. Definitely need a big defensive big man. I, I I see what you're saying with that. Um, I, that'll probably kind of help with the matchups on a nightly basis. Um. But I'm thinking the, the availability, man, I, I I just don't know we'll be able to acquire that this year. I, I would be okay with the Miles Turner trade, honestly. Not with PJ, but like you were saying, maybe more so – I mean, excuse me, not with Gordon, but more so with PJ Fast and I would trade a Gordon just because Gordon could give me 40. PJ's not giving me 40. PJ gave me um, 40. But PJ put a 40 last season, man. He did put up last season. Gordon put up 40 this season. Almost did it twice. But we didn't need his 40. I guess the Spurs, we did not need his 40. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to be real, bro. Like, it was like, yeah, you got 40. But, and I'm not a Gordon Hayward hater. It's just that I feel like his best year. But, like, it's I like tonight, you could have did without the 40. Yeah, like, okay, like, you got 40. It was cool. You did it in three quarters or however many minutes. That was nice. But we really could have got this done without that. Like, it wasn't an impactful. It was an efficient 40, <laughs> but it wasn't an impactful 40. So, uh, like I said, I don't want to. It's just Gordon doesn't give you that every night. He gives you the sometimes he give you ten points. Sometimes he gets you the eighteen points. And he's a three level scorer, which I like. I'm like, damn, bro. Like the ball can't get to everybody. We got Rogier, we got Lamelo, we got Kelly, we got Mouse. Cody's starting to step up. You know, really actually produce some points in double digits. We got Jalen McDaniels that's starting. To, you know, feasting his minutes, and we also got James Booknight that uh, put up some good numbers while everybody was out. And it's almost like could we afford to give up Gordon? Yeah, we could, you know, really. And if we had Gordon on a better contract, I think um, I wouldn't be in such a rush to get rid of him. But I'm thinking like, man, we, we desperately need a big man. And I've seen where PJ can, uh, he helps us a lot, out a lot. I just don't know who's going to be that four guy and that, that four guy that can play the five and he can stretch the defense consistently like he can. But uh, definitely, we definitely need some uh, uh, defensive big on our team. 
definitely need, need some adjustments. Hornets, Hornets are going to have to make some moves here, especially because it looks like we're going to make playoffs. So, um, I mean, I know it's a little early to say we're not even at all-star break, but so far they're teeter-tottering right around the right areas. I feel like they'll make playoffs. So going into the playoffs, I would have liked us to at least have the chance at winning a series, get LaMelo some playoff experience early, and just uh, continue to get coached some playoff experience as well. I know you got plenty of that uh, working under Coach Pop over there at the Spurs years ago, but him as a head coach, I think that'll just be good as an organization if we can find a way to win a series. Yeah, I definitely – We definitely need to uh, get some more – it would be nice for them to make the playoffs, and I just don't want to be and get us in a bad matchup where we don't have a big man and we're just getting exposed every night because that can happen. If we're going right, and we see that, we will see that. And it's like, uh, all we need to do this is punish them on the inside. We got them. If they're off on offensively, we can blow them out. And I think that's what's going to happen, bro. If we get a certain team that's going to play like that, you know. But uh, do you have anything else you want to touch on? The, uh, on the NBA, I was just going to hop into the NFL just real quick, just to go over um, quick who your uh, who your guys are for the MVP picks. Or did you want to stick with the NFL, I mean NBA, for a little bit longer? No, 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 no. Definitely jump into the NFL. We could definitely wrap it up with the NFL. Uh, um, now, right now, at this point in the season, everyone knows the uh, playoffs are approaching quickly. Uh, should it should have a Super Bowl game in February for NFL. So things are coming to a to a slow end here in the NFL before we start with the playoffs. And right now, my clear cut MVP is going to be Aaron Rodgers. He is balling out, man. He's just He's balling out. He's, 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 to me, he has done it at a surprising level to me. Uh, coming into it, I, I always say, like, Aaron Rodgers is the Steph Curry of the NFL. Just by, like, the little slicks and tricks he does, he keeps the game so entertaining from a quarterback's perspective. Like him and Mahomes, I kind of put in the same, just entertainment category. Um, of course, not taking none away from Mike Vick, Lamar, guys like that, but they also add something to the entertaining factor of a quarterback. So that's why I do the Steph Curry comparison. But all in all, Aaron Rodgers just, has just been balling. He's just been on and balling, man. And I love it. Uh, so right now it's going to be Aaron Rodgers for me. His team is also playing well um, along with him. So that's always good to see. Um, he does have some keep. He does have some competition because um, he's not the only one playing well right now. But I got to give it to Aaron Rodgers. Who you got, man? Who you got? Yeah, that's honestly that's hard to argue against. Uh, it's either going to be uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, and you could argue mm-hmm. that Jonathan Taylor from the Colts could be in there. But if Derrick Henry didn't get it after having uh, two thousand yards last season, it's just going to be hard pressed for me. I think for John Jonathan Taylor to get it at the running back position, especially if your team isn't like that number one seed. But I will say, like I cannot argue with you, uh, Aaron Rodgers. There, the Green Bay Packers are sitting at twelve and three right now. Uh, at home, they're seven and zero, and they've just been really just consistent throughout the whole year. Even though he missed the game, um, yeah. the whole uh, you know the whole COVID situation. That's the only thing. Just because the media gets um, uh, kind of has an impact on your voting, I don't I don't know how how would they take into play what he said about when he was a millionaires and that whole uh, saga that went on. That can affect it a little bit, I feel like. Um, Brady, you know, Brady's there. He's right there. If they can um, win some, win out, and the time Brady wins out without the uh, 
Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, you know, Tampa has a lot of injuries right now. But to me, I mean, I think you're dead on with it right now. I think Aaron Rodgers right now is the MVP of the league. And uh, it's just hard pressing me to say that anybody else is. I can say Tom Brady is up there in discussion, and you can't knock that. This season been playing well, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been out of this world this season. And um, Man. what do you think as far as – got to say, like oh, – yeah. No, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you're fine. We can jump into it. I just have to say, man, I know viewers are thinking the same thing. I, I just think it's amazing the fact we, we're even still talking about a Tom Brady compete for MVP in 2021, 2022, almost. Like, yeah, man. It, it, it's – it's really remarkable. So shout out to Tom, man. Been smacking my Ravens since since I could walk. God dang. Been smacking my Ravens since I could walk. And, and here you go. <laughs> kind of piggyback on that, man. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they've been without Lamar for the last two weeks. Um, and probably going to be the same this week. I don't think he's going to play. He may dress just due to um, uh, the lack of uh, quarterbacks you'll have on your team. But Huntley looked. I think Huntley looked real good. Uh, I guess the Browns had some nice plays. They obviously didn't win the game. And then he came back against Green Bay and took him down to the wire on that two-point conversion that just um, that just missed. Now, do you – what's your thoughts on Huntley, man? I think he's a solid backup, and he may have a chance at a starting gig, uh, maybe not with the Ravens, but definitely another team. I definitely want would love to give him a crown right now, you know, like especially him being a Raven, uh, a Raven backup. But I think it just wouldn't be fair. I feel like the league has made that mistake before, kind of signing guys and giving guys kind of the contracts and things like that over basically being a, a, a backup. I feel like, and this is no comparison, no hate, no shade. Uh, I mean, sorry, not not. I'm, we we tend to give guys a heavy contract. You know, we kind of crown them and deem them as this really good guy, like the Jimmy Garoppolo's, the Teddy Bridgewater's, the guy when we see a small glimpse, you know? Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I just really – I was impressed with what I seen with him, uh, being an undrafted uh, uh, in the 2020 draft. I, I just was really impressed, and I was like, man, <laughs> that's what Matt Rule thinks uh, P.J. Walker is, or that's what he thinks uh, Sam Donald is. <laughs> but do you think the uh, Ravens are – Yeah, that's what they look like. Do you think your Ravens are going to win the division? I mean, they're right now. Uh, it's like them and Cincinnati are both eight and six in the division. Um, do you think y'all can pull it out? We should. Uh, I'm saying this with, with, with uh, you. He's probably hearing in my voice. It's a disappointment in there. Why are we even? Why are we even on the same level as the Cincinnati Bengals? And that's not even taking a shot at those young guys. They got good receivers. Got a nice young quarterback. Decent defense is even decent, uh, but. It just seemed like Lamar was kind of maturing. And even the Ravens, not just Lamar, because everybody let to put the blame on Lamar. Lamar hasn't even been able to be out there, man, because of health. So not putting the blame on Lamar. But it seemed like the Ravens have been going in the right direction uh, to where an eight and six season, if you would have told them we're going to have an eight and six season at this point in the year, if you would have told them this back over the summer, it would have been a huge disappointment. Because um, I feel like we're better than that. I feel like our team is better than that. Talk and I think coming into the playoffs, what you say? Y'all, y'all been depleted, especially on the back end uh, and secondary. Y'all faced a lot of injuries. Uh, not, not saying that, not trying to make an excuse for y'all, but Harper always puts out yeah. consistent effort from his team. Like y'all play hard nosed football, and it's almost like y'all and the Steelers are gonna always come correct. Um, this hard nosed team, blue collar. Y'all gonna bring y'all lunch yeah. to work, and y'all just gonna go out there and give it y'all all. Now, I always got to credit the Ravens with that, man. Consistent, always consistent. 
you know what you're going to get from them. You know, you're not going to embarrass them. They're professionals. And I just like, it's always a, they're what the, the league should be all about. Just playing great football, whether they win, lose, or draw, they're always going to give it, they're all in football and they're always going to be a disciplined team. Always. And that could be part of the reason why it's some disappointment there. Cause I, I know we lost some heavy hitters, uh, especially on the defensive DB side early in the season, it was back to back. I mean, but if you also remember during that time is where we had some of our best wins of the season. Um, so really proud of my team for the way we started as of late here due to even more health issues and just some little hicks and, and I'm not gonna say bad coaching decisions, but just some really close games, man, that we did lose. Um, we have put ourselves in this spot, but I, I am confident that the Ravens will be able to still win that division um, and we'll still make a push at it during the playoffs. I hope to see Lamar holding up that uh, Lombardi trophy come February. So we'll see. Yeah. And uh, not going to take a deep dive into the NFL. still a lot uh, to go on. I think we'll touch more on it once the playoff brackets us. I'm proud of the last week of the season where teams that may have a chance to get into the playoffs. Uh, we'll more touch, touch on that a little bit later. But as I uh, the last topic I want to just jump on the NFL, and then we'll close it out with this one. That's all right with you. The Carolina Panthers, man, this has been a QB carousel ever since Cam left and ever since we broke him back. What are your thoughts on what how Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers are handling the situation? There was a report from Ian Rappaport today that Sam Darnold will play and he may get significant playing time. We all know that they brought in Cam uh, probably about a month and a half ago. Uh, started off well. He had a, a good game against Arizona. Had a solid game against um, solid game against the um, Washington football team. But ever since then, offensive line went down. Chris McCaffrey went out, and it's not the same. Offensive coordinator got fired in Joe Brady. Uh, and then it's like Matt Rule is throwing Cam under the bus, throwing PJ under the bus. But it's always found a way to compliment Sam Darnold. I mean, do you think that Matt Rule is in a hot seat? And it's really going to be a loaded question. Do you think Cam is going to get a second chance with the Panthers or another NFL team? And do you think Matt Rule is in the hot seat? I do think yes to both of those. I definitely think Matt's in the hot seat. And not only that, I think uh, Coach Rule is feeling it. I think that's kind of – he's feeling the fact that he's in the hot seat. You, you see your offensive coordinator just got let go. You're, you, like you said, it's a carousel of quarterbacks back there at the Carolina organization right now. Uh, but I do think Cam will get another shot. Only reason why I say that is because I feel like the Panthers were kind of halfway in, halfway out once again with Cam when they brought him back. It was like, yeah, you can earn the starting spot, but it's not really yours. You know what I mean? Even you should see just from the way they treated Sam Darnold that they're not confident in any starting quarterback. I don't care who they putting down on that starting list come Sunday, Sunday afternoon. They are not confident in either of their quarterbacks as an organization. And I think that's affecting their quarterbacks as well. Sam Darnold wasn't a guy that I was expecting too much from, let alone a guy that I'm now expecting to lead us to victory after I just benched you, had played you again, benched you, brought in our old quarterback. Now I'm going to ask you to play Star Force again. Like, it's, it's just a lot there, and I'm not expecting Sam Darnold to do much with it. Um, I do hope Cam gets another opportunity somewhere else because it's still looking like we, he to me, I think he still has more football, but it doesn't look like he'll be able to show the world that with the Carolina organization. But yeah. please tell me, please tell me what you think with this whole thing. Um, I know you got a lot to say. 
Bro, it just feel like a shit show, bro. I, I just I dumpster fire, however you want to put it, bro. It's an embarrassment to the fan base, to everybody that live in the Carolinas. I don't give a damn if you're a Carolina fan or not, bro. It's embarrassing, bro. Like, and I thought this was gonna be my first year going to a Panthers game, bro. But I, I'm not paying for that shit, bro. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy embarrassing, bro. Like, I mean, honestly, like Sam Darnold played well, you know, three and zero. He still was a little shaky. C Mac goes down, and then you start to see what Sam Darnold really is about. Just real turnover happy, which he's always been, bro, even at USC. But Matt Rule, you know, coddle him, coddle him, and coddle him. And then offensive line is just, oh, my God, so trash, bro. We, we, we were picking up backup guys in free agency to be our starting left tackle and our starting guards. And, it, bro, just trash all around, bro. That goes to the GM, bro. Like, you're just making dumb decisions, bro. And then Matt Rule, bro, every time he gets to a press conference, bro, you don't know what to believe from him. He, he just looks – he talks like a used car salesman, bro. He just never has a straight-up answer, bro. It's shaky. Like, bro, just embarrassing, man, you know. And I like Matt Rule at first. I'm not, I'm not down on him, but it's just like, bro, he got to go, bro. He not – he doesn't – he doesn't prepare like an NFL coach, bro. And I don't know just because it's his second year or what, but, man, it's, it's a straight-up embarrassment, man. This is man David Tepper putting all this money into the uh, Panthers. And, oh, no, bro, I feel like he, he should sell the damn team, bro. At this point, bro, get his money back. Cause this is embarrassing, and it's embarrassing to him to let Matt Rule have this many decisions. And uh, speaking of, bro, you know, I just got it pulled up right now. Cam just got sacked, bro, for six yards, bro. Like it's just like our office line. Wow. It's just it's just, it's some shit, bro. We fired the office coordinator, uh, Joe Brady. I mean, you can say that, yeah, he wasn't having the best play call. I will say that, but damn, I mean, you're gonna get rid of him to do the same thing he was doing. Like you should have kept him around for that. Yeah, exactly. Like people saying, oh, he they got rid of exactly. Season's almost over. Yeah, like they're saying you got rid of Joe Brady for Cam for we can have more offenses that structure around Cam. Like, bro, you can't structure nothing around a quarterback if our offensive line cannot protect the quarterback. Like, no quarterback has been able to been protected from Sam Donald to PJ to uh, Cam Newton. And bro, it's just it's just a scrape embarrassing, bro. Even from I'm, my apologies if I'm going on a rant. Even from a uh, linebacker, we cut uh, Denzel Perriman. We signed him to the contract this season. Then we ended up trading him for a six or seven round pick to the Raiders. And this man ended up going to the Pro Bowl, bro, having the best career, best season of his career, bro. And we need help in the run stop. And here's a guy we could have used who we signed, who was in training camp that we got rid of and traded for a late round pick, bro. Now he's a Pro Bowler. <laughs> like stupid stuff like this, bro, is a wild, like, it's just right as a poor Panther fan, bro. It's just like when we, I could say what I wanted to about Ron Rivera, bro, but he was consistent. I know what I was going to get from him. Maybe he was old school. Sometimes he needed to switch it up a little bit, but I knew it wouldn't be embarrassing, bro. Like this is just great of embarrassing you know, what they're doing. Um, still a Panther fan, always going to be, bro, but man, it's just, it's just like I have no motivation to watch the football game. Like I'll turn on the third quarter if it's interesting. I'm lying. Let him know, man. I'm, I'm Let him know. I'm, I'm gonna turn it on as soon as I get the podcast. I'm lying right about that, but still, that's <laughs> that just is just no no motivation to watch him. But uh, as far as Cam being back on another team, I feel like because the way he's performing with the lack of help he has, and obviously Cam hasn't been perfect. He deserves some blame for some of the throws he has made, and they haven't been great. But you can see where Cam still has something to offer. It's just out. The situation wasn't the best when he came back, bro. Like, say, C-Mac goes out, office line is trash. You fired the office coordinator. It's just, it's just a lot. And I feel like he, 
in order for him to succeed, he needs to get into training camp early with the team and get acclimated with the offense and the uh, players around him. I hope they bring him back, man. Uh, I don't want to see Cam go out like this, you know, especially this is supposed to be a homecoming thing for him. I just would like him to, even if he's on the team and maybe not have all-star or pro bowl number, numbers, I would like for him to at least go out the right way, you know. No, absolutely. I feel like he, I feel like in a way he's been the Panthers' bright spot here. Um, even though they haven't been able to kind of translate it to the win-loss column, uh, he's Cam, just having Cam back in the city has been a positive thing. So I'm sure they're feeling that financially as an organization. I'm sure they saw, recognized an a, a influx in sales, whether it be tickets or, and again, this is not a fact. I'm just saying being a person that lives in Charlotte, surrounded by the Panthers, just could, could hear the buzz around the city. I'm sure sales, that, that the Panthers have benefited in, in, in other ways from Cam Newton's return. And I, it does seem like it may be worth it to give Cam a shot. Like you said, they're beginning a training camp, getting acclimated with all the guys, getting acclimated with the playbook. If he's here next year, he's probably gonna have to get acclimated with the new head coach, a new offensive coordinator. Like it just will be nice to give him a fair shot. The same shot you gave Sam Darnold. And I don't, don't get me wrong, I don't think Tepper or the Carolina Panthers are trying to, are, are trying to uh, hot seat Cam or, or blackball Cam, nothing like that. But just, just I, you make a great point, give Cam a fair shot beginning of training camp just like Sam Donald. Yeah. And then uh, and then the, kind of like my last kind of thing to go off on this, going off of Carolina Panthers, man, it's like we, we're on the books uh, for Sam Donald for $18 million next season, bro. We picked up a contract to pick up. And it's like we gave him a second-round pick for him in this, year, uh, this year's draft that's coming up in the fourth-round pick. And it's like, bro, we got one first-round pick and then, like, some later-round picks. I don't think we have a second or third or fourth, if I'm not mistaken. For, um this year so it's just it's just bad bro like we just traded a bunch of picks away for no reason and yeah bro it's like the Jets got our second Jaguars got our third Jets got our fourth um the Texans have our I think we have a, a fourth round pick the Texans have another one of ours it bro it's just it's just bad bro so that's terrible man that's terrible even what you just said as far as a guy that you let go beginning at training camp has now turn into a pro bowler that's player development man that's upstairs that's just bad calls yeah so we'll, we'll see man i'll see if, uh sam and like i'm not a sam donald hater i just know what sam donald is bro he has to have everything he's going the right way to win games and even for cam cam's not the same cam and he he can't be that 2015 cam but he can i feel like cam can at least give you a season where he gets you 18 through the air eight through the ground and maybe 3,500 yards. I mean, and with the strong defense, I think he'll yeah. win some playoff games. That's and But I just think their best route is to draft a quarterback. Well, draft a quarterback, a project quarterback, let Cam be the uh, kind of like that bridge quarterback and let that quarterback develop or go out there and a quarterback um, in that 2023 draft where um, it's a little bit more talent from the QB position that's coming out. But don't – this year just – an offseason, work, work on your offensive line, get some more, uh, some better players here and there, and just kind of like stretch your team a little bit better and then go out and then see what your team can, uh, can do. Absolutely. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's asking for too much at all. I, I, I think that right there would be an ideal setup come, come beginning of next year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually, man, that's probably much it, bro. I don't want to go too off from the Panthers. Uh, I think I took a light on it than what I could have did, but hopefully, you know. Sure. Hopefully they can get together, bro, and uh, 
hey man, the NFL is always entertaining. So, hey man, that is all. We're gonna definitely. I know we said this there. We're gonna be back next week, but I promise you, we're gonna uh, be more consistent and have more episodes for you all. Um, so just be on the lookout for that. Just check out the YouTube page inside the scoreboard on YouTube. Uh, also the Twitter page uh, at inside the scoreboard, and uh, check out the, our Instagram page. And I know Corey, uh, you pretty much run that one. Is this inside inside the scoreboard? It is. It's inside the scoreboard as well at inside the scoreboard. Okay. All right. So uh, that's all. Yep, folks. Yep, yep. We appreciate y'all tapping in, tuning in, man. It's that's been great. it's been real.